Happy New Year, Common Room. I'm looking forward to bringing you more guests, greater updates, and also a bit of fun along the way in 2024. We are kicking off the year with an all-Hong Kong roundup. Hong Kong's karateke Grace Lau made history on Wednesday by becoming the first athlete from Hong Kong to reach the incredible number one spot in the world rankings. She's on 7,125 points. That is 60 points more than the closest in second place. Last year, Lau struck gold for the first time at the Asian Karate Championships in Malacca in July while scrabbing her first silver at the World Championships in Budapest in October. In response to top in the world rankings, Lau wrote on social media that this success is a reminder to keep pushing boundaries and keep believing in myself. The 32-year-old was also a bronze medalist at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Hong Kong have beaten the Chinese football national team for the first time in nearly four decades. The SAR's men team defeated them 2-1 in a closed-door friendly. The sides were playing in the UAE on Monday in preparation for the Asian Cup later this month, a tournament in which Hong Kong will be making its first appearance in 54 years. The SAR conceded within nine minutes. However, coach John Anderson made several changes in the second half and the tables turned. Substitute Max Poon scored twice within eight minutes to secure the victory, the first time Hong Kong had defeated China since May 19, 1985. China were down to nine men after two of their players were sent off, along with an assistant coach who was also shown the red card. Hong Kong tennis rising star Colma Wong said he was on the right track after putting in a courageous fight at the Hong Kong Tennis Open despite losing to Lorenzo Massetti. The two-time junior Grand Slam doubles champion lost 6-4, 7-5 in the first round at Victoria Park on Tuesday but showed resilience and tenacity to stay competitive for a lively hour and 47 minutes. I think this is the best start ever for the season. Nothing beats the feeling of playing my first ATP match at Victoria Park said the 19-year-old who received a wild card to play in his first ATP-level tournament. This is my hometown and where I started playing tennis, so it really means a lot to me. It's so special. Well done, Coleman. We look forward to seeing what else you can do in 2024. This week, we welcome Pete Laverick to the show. Pete is now an endurance athlete, but started out as a professional rugby player. This is Pete Laverick. He played rugby at Exeter Chiefs and made his way to Hong Kong a few years ago. He's now retired from the sport. Maybe we can touch on that. And he's now pushing the boundaries in endurance sports. Pete, how are you, mate? Hey, Ben. Thank you for having me on. Doing very well. Thank you very much. Did you have a good Christmas and New Year? Uh, some would say too good. Uh, what about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I had my family here, which was delightful. But I, I think I got your drift. And uh, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of that as well. Um, Pete, we... Um, we're delighted to, to have you on, as I said. We're looking forward to getting stuck into your story, but what we'd like to do is some quick fire questions to feel you out a little bit. Yeah, let's let's see what you've got in the tank. Sure, let's crack on. Favourite sports star of all time? Kobe Bryant. Pizza or donuts? Donuts. Favourite place you've ever played rugby? New Zealand. Running or swimming? Running. Favourite sport that's not rugby or endurance sports? Basketball. Favourite musician or band? Uh, Green Day. <laughs> Green Day? <laughs> That's the first. Uh, what profession did you want to be when you were younger? Again, can't say rugby player, for that was the dream. Okay. Um, 
character. Oh, really? I could see that. I could see that more than Green Day, actually. Well, yeah, we can go into more detail on that later. But yeah, that was that was an ulterior uh, career path um, that I was close to going down, actually. Oh, okay. Okay, let's just go there now. Uh, talk to us about it. Well, I mean, I say I was close to going down there. Obviously, it's an extremely difficult uh, career. But um, when I was at school, when I was 18 years old, I was love i love drama i love being on stage i was a i was a drama slash rugby scholar at my school i think the first of its kind and uh I, you know it was a serious conversation with my old drama teacher she was trying to get me to go and apply to london drama schools and and i was said no i love it but i i, I love rugby more i'm sorry <laughs> i don't think there are too many rugby drama scholars i know you can imagine there's quite a it's quite a clash when you're in a school um, surrounded with a load of lads you, you know you've got the rugby side of things and then after the, after school and after training you're then staying behind for rehearsals <laughs> yeah that's not typical um, it's, and I would also say um, not, not at the high level you played as well so yeah you're. I'd like to find out who else is in that crew yeah well I actually had a, a few conversations with people um, back in the day at Exeter and, and around the block with them um, it's, it's obviously not common but it's it's great to pick people's brains and find their niches as well uh, find their vices mine was being on stage other people's was you know music or literature or politics even so yeah, they're always good conversations solid well pete you give us a little bit of insight into your life there give us a quick rundown of uh, of your story and where you are today mm. well i mean it's uh, I'll, I'll keep it brief but yeah um I, I now live in hong kong uh, I, I was it was always a dream of mine to be uh, a pro rugby player um and and I managed to achieve that when I was uh, in the UK. I played for Exeter Chiefs, as you said. I was there for around seven years, including my time at university there. Um, I did a year in New Zealand as well, playing rugby. Um, did did three months in Australia. But unfortunately, yeah, things didn't go too well. I had three knee surgeries in the space of my contract. I was, I was hoping to travel the world and play rugby, uh, move to France. And then right at the start of COVID, I was meant to move to France to play. And then, uh, you know, COVID hit. Everything changed in pro sports around the world. All matches were on hold. So, you know, at the time I was head in hands, you know, distraught, gutted. But now I got an opportunity to move to Hong Kong. And yeah, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, we can we can touch on it more. But, you know, rugby-wise, it's completely changed. Uh, it was my life and now it's... Uh, not really a part of my life at all, but um, but yeah, it's it's amazing how how fast things can change in in the course of you know three years. Yeah, and you're you're recently engaged, I believe. Ah, yes, you've done your research. <laughs> yes, I uh, I am recently engaged, which is again one of the amazing things that I'm extremely grateful for for my move to Hong Kong, which I would not change for the world. Sure. So you've 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 knocked rugby on the head, but you found a future partner. Yeah, it's a, it's a good trade-off, I say, you know. Well, some days some days more than others, I believe it. <laughs> no, it's an no, excellent I mean, trade-off. I, I, would, I would obviously much rather have both, but um, I, I, I knocked rugby on the head due to concussions. Um, it's not something I'd ever struggled with before, but for some reason in Hong Kong, I, I, I had three serious concussions in the space of 12 months, so... With consulting a doctor, you know, I had the professional advice to sort of have a long break, and then that long break turned into a lot of soul searching, and, and actually me deciding by myself to to hang up the boots for good, which was ex honestly probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make. 
it's it's it was it was my first love rugby it's it's the one thing in my life consistently that i've been good at um and loves doing never saw it as work whatsoever so it was extremely difficult to walk away from to be honest yeah yeah i also applaud you on on making that decision given some of the awful stories and and situations that have now come out i'm sure that made it easier for you but you have to feel for those players as well that cracked on with playing after having a few head concussions so so good on like it's it, it's brave to to make the decision you did actually and, and to not ignore it because it's easy to do that and too many have yeah I'm, i mean I'm, unfortunately i i'm actually close with i'd say a, a decent handful of players that have i know for a fact have suffered quite a lot of head injuries and are still playing at the highest level in the world so again i'm um, you know, at the time I was very hurtful and, and I was upset that think these things happened. But at the same time, in hindsight, I'm also extremely grateful that, you know, I'd already left professional rugby when I moved to Hong Kong. It yep. was, I, I, I'd, I'd had offers to go back and continue playing professional rugby. But, you know, at that stage, I was semi-pro. I wasn't, at no point in my career was I supporting a family through my salary for rugby. So I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that it was an easier decision in the sense that there was that no financial burden, no family burden there for me to bear that cross. Whereas you, you imagine a lot of these players are earning a lot of money and supporting families all across the world. And it would be, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it would be for these guys and girls to walk away. Sure. Um, if they had some concussions. So um, I think, yeah, it, it was hard for me to do so, but for them, you know, uh, yeah. I think all things considered, I was in a pretty, pretty lucky position. Yeah, good for you, man. I mean, you've stepped away from the sport for a little while now. Looking back, what was what was the most enjoyable aspect for you? Oh, I mean, honestly, there were there were so so many, and in hindsight, more things come to mind than than maybe at the time. At the time, obviously, the big games, the big crowds, the the Saturday mornings with your best friends when you're living at home, with you living with your two best mates. Sorry. Um, but in, in hindsight, it, it really was like, I know it's such a cliche, but spending every day with your best friends, you're going to work, inverted commas, doing the thing you, you've worked so hard towards your entire life and you've always dreamed of doing. And so in hindsight, there were obviously mornings which are hard and whatever, in winter in the UK, but those 6am swims, those... Um, you know, double contact days. You now look up, look back on them with extremely fond memories because your your whole job, your life was just designed around being better, being exactly what you've dreamed of doing your whole life, and you're doing it with your best friends in the world. Yeah. So it was really a pinch yourself moment when I look back on things. So I look back on my time as a pro rugby player with extremely fond memories, despite three extreme knee surgeries and spending most of my professional career in in uh injury rehab with the with the snc team but you know i still look back on them with, with very fond memories indeed thank you pete we look forward to hearing more from you next week hong kong are you ready this is the hottest ticket in the world right now we are switching back to the EPL for this week's hottest ticket in the world. Manchester United have not been in their flow state for some time. They faced Tottenham Hotspur this weekend and they have won four from their last five. My hottest ticket in the world, the first one of 2024, is Manchester United versus 
Tottenham Hotspur. Common Room, have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week for your sports fix. 